Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is... That was a fucked up <laughs> intro. Anyway, we're going to keep rolling with it. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined <laughs> by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. We're improvising out here. Yes, we are. Uh, we already failed to record one time because my computer froze, but moving on because the obstacle is the way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, today's episode is not about a book. That's for next week. And this week's episode, we're going to go over self-awareness. Ah, very appealing, very, you know, dynamic. Very interesting. But, you know, it has to be addressed. And uh, in my opinion, it's probably one of those concepts that when you, you know, you grasp it, not to say that I've grasped it, you know, I'm not a master of self-awareness. But once you, you know, start actually putting it into practice and start becoming more self-aware, that I feel like that's when your life kind of improves, but not in the, you know, physical sense. You're not going to get richer necessarily or more jacked or any of those things. It's just that you're going to live more accordingly to what truly makes you happy and not what, you know, Instagram is telling you to, to go get. Yeah. yeah, I find you're just like more aligned with your values when you're really diligent on your mindfulness practices, on the things that will really enhance your capability to look inside you, to be, to be self-aware, like, like the whole point of this podcast is. And so that's it's kind of a boring topic if you if you just yeah. if you if you just gotten into the whole self help thing and just you just wanna you just want like real concrete change which which is good you need that obviously but uh, that can only bring you to certain points after all you have to realize that physical things will only bring you a certain level of happiness yeah beyond that true purpose and value will come from within yeah and it's not to say that. This is not about physical things as well. It's just knowing what are the physical things, you know, you truly want. Because right now you may want, quote unquote, you know, a, a Maserati sports car, like Billy Ray would say. <laughs> or, or, you know, philosopher. or, you know, whatever, or a big house, a mansion full of models. Maybe that's what you want, but maybe it is not. And we live in a world right now, which is, first of all, the best it has ever been. Let's just say straight up yeah. that. But also, it's, there's a lot of stimuli. There's, a, you know, there's Instagram you know, that's bombarding you all the time with Photoshopped images. Actually, that's funny. Today, I saw a video of uh, H3H3 making fun of you know, uh, real life versus the edited pic. And you see, it's like on one pic, the girl looks like a supermodel. The next, she looks like a whale. <laughs> the metaphor <laughs> oh, no. he used was like, uh, on, on one picture, it looks like you just arrived at the beach. On the other one, it looks like you just washed up on shore. <laughs> Yeah, but kind of getting out of the point. Uh, yeah, so to know what you want, to know if those are the things that are really going to fulfill you, you need to become self-aware. And I think I'm gonna, just going to go on, you know, practical right away. For me, one of the best ways to, you know, just starting out is spending more time with myself. You know, more time away from Instagram, away from YouTube, away from, even away from just daily random tasks. Actually having time to, you know, meditate, read, because in those moments is where you're actually gonna, you know, first of all, the bad shit is gonna pop up, you know, what am I unpleased with at my life at this moment? And then also, hmm, what is it that I want to go towards? Those are the moments, because, you know, if you're always stimulated, then you have no need to go search for anything else. You just live like that. Mm -hmm. I like how you made the distinction between alone time and social media and YouTube, because Lots of times we, I think people don't even make that distinction. Like long, long time is just time when you're 
not interacting with other humans. But I don't think that's necessarily true. When you are like scrolling to social media, watching YouTube videos, just like all around procrastinating or watching Netflix, whatever it may be, I don't think that's true alone time because you're not really spending it with your spending it with yourself. You're kind of spending yeah. it with another outside source of entertainment, the TV, YouTube, whatever. And that's different because that doesn't give you the mental space to really ask questions to yourself. If you if you if you if you practice meditation, you know what I'm talking about. But when you are alone with yourself, like you start kind of talking with yourself. It's kind of a strange thing. Yeah. Because there is something there. There's not you you just don't you don't just go through life without questioning yourself at least you shouldn't and that's kind of where modern life really fails us a bit like you said it's the best time we've ever lived but it's also the time with the most distractions and people can't really balance it out and i'd like to make the distinction also because i'm not saying that all distractions are bad i don't think we at least i don't defend that because we are humans. At the end of the day, we, we try to avoid pain. And the way we, we do that, mostly in our time today, is through distraction. So I think the key here is not to just try to all, just, just eliminate all distraction. Just, I think that's a very, very extreme thing to do. And most people, I'd say if not everyone, can't, can't go through life doing that. You need some distractions. But the, the key distinction here is choosing your distractions. No, not being like a slave to them. Most people now, yeah. going back to the social media example and even food and all of these things that can serve as a distraction, people don't consciously choose to do them. People don't consciously say, I, I will dedicate 30 minutes of, of my life every day to going to Instagram. No, people just go when they're bored. Yeah, it's unconscious. We were, we, were, we were actually talking about this before. You just did an experiment. You're doing an experiment. You just deleted your Instagram. Oh, yeah. And you, you, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so... Um, this this week no uh yesterday i decided i was spending too much time on instagram you know in between let's say at lunch and then after lunch you're like i'm gonna just be on instagram for a bit and then that bit can take from anywhere from two, <laughs> two seconds to 30 minutes if you're not careful and so i decided to you know let me just delete the app and because to be honest what do i fucking need to do on instagram i don't need to i need to post on the pod for the podcast that's only once every no. every two days and then what? I answered some texts from friends. That's it. So deleted Instagram because we are reading a book, the, the book for next week, a little teaser. It's called Atomic Habits. And it says, just a little preview, that if you want to make a bad habit disappear, first step is make it very uncomfortable and inconvenient to, you know, actually do it. So I go delete the app because if you have to, you know, if I have to go open my phone, app store, the, download Instagram, sign in again, and then there I am. Then that's way more steps than clicking one button. That's like five times, six times, ten times more effort. By doing that, guess what? I'm not going to Instagram anymore. And it's funny because what happened to me was the first, you know, well, it's the first day, but I'll tell you what, what <laughs> happened. The process, um, the first times that I had that impulse to go to Instagram, I was kind of like a bit in despair. I was like, fuck, what, what do I do now? I need some entertainment. <laughs> But then once your body kind of and your mind realize that, okay, you're not getting any of that, then you're like, oh, okay. And you calm down. And that's when I feel like I kind of get more present. It's almost like I did a little meditation. By resisting that urge, then I'm more self-aware. I'm more like, okay, my urges don't control me. So now let's see what, what I'm dealing with. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, and you don't need to do it all at once. I'm not going to go and, you know, throw my phone out the window and <laughs> live, live as a nomad. <laughs> just delete one app at a time. Start, you know, maybe stop doing a bad habit and then start a good one. But just do that. Don't, you know, self-aware is also that. It's for most people, 99% of people, most likely, it's realizing that you're not going to be able to do a lot of these things at the same time. Yeah, that's actually the key, the, the key thing you said, because I don't know if it's, if it's in this book that we're reading right now, but at least in another book I read about habits, The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg, which is also really popular. He talks about it when you're trying to change an habit, you always want to try to re- replace an habit because mm-hmm. you, can, you can't just like eliminate something. It's very difficult because you, like you, there's a cue you receive and then you have a desire to satisfy it. Yeah. So that desire won't go away. So you have to fill it out in an, another a different way. But what I realized, like most bad habits, you can replace them with actual good ones and you'll be better out. There'll still be distractions, but you can choose better distractions. For example, reading can be a distraction uh, for, for some people. And I'd say also for me, it can be a distraction. But I, 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 would, I would argue that reading isn't a bad distraction. It's something productive in my life. It gives me new knowledge, yeah. gives me new, new ideas and new things to apply in my life. So... And for example, replacing YouTube with even fiction books, I'd say that's a, a really good improvement yep. on, on habits. But the key thing is, I think it's acknowledging that you are human and you will need distractions from, from your life. Just like, but the key here is making them deliberate. Don't just, like you were saying on, on Instagram, like most people do, just, just, just don't just pick it up whenever you feel like it, when you're bored yeah. or something. You actually try really to be conscious of it, you know, because... Yeah. Because if you're not, then it's such, you, you, I'd say you, you're going to live in despair. Because if you, as humans, if we don't feel like we're in control of our lives, that's when we're unhappy. When you feel like you're in control, you know, I did this, so that thing happened, and I did it because I wanted. That's when you feel like empowered. And that's when you feel like doing more of what you're doing. When shit just happens to you, you're like, oh my god, yeah. horrible day at work, and then I eat some ice cream, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think the then, problem is like, when we are on yeah. autopilot yep. for so long that we forget we're on autopilot. So we, we can't even, like, it's, you can only see the bad things after you do them. For example, most people, I'd say, the, the, the ice cream example. People, like, when they eat crappy food, like, in the moment, they aren't even aware that it's something bad or yeah. that, that thought doesn't pop into their minds. Only after do they, like, feel kind of bad and they're like, oh, damn, I shouldn't have done that. But what, what we're trying to do here with practicing self-awareness is eventually get to the point where you get to those moments where you feel a desire for something that you know isn't good for you be that procrastinating online yeah. eating bad food not going to sleep whatever it may be and you get to that point and you can like you can be conscious about it so you're just like okay i have these two options i can do good or i can do bad and even if you like after that if you choose bad i i'd say if you if you, if you go to that pro- process every time you won't be doing bad stuff for yeah, long because exactly. I think you just can't keep on ignoring that. Yeah, and so it's for just me also, a, a what I'm noticing right now so as we're talking is this being self-aware ties so much into your habits. And I'm trying to keep a bit away from the habits because that's for the book. Yeah. But, you know, it's inevitable. And mm-hmm. because, they t- because once you're self-aware, let's say the example you gave of the ice cream, you're aware after the fact that, oh, this makes me feel shitty. You're self-aware of that fact at that moment. But if you do nothing to change the habit that led you to eat ice cream, yeah, you're going to be self-aware every time, but you're just going to keep repeating that pattern. But let's say you eat ice cream. Oh, I feel shitty now. Let me, you know, 
map out a way that the next time I feel like eating ice cream, I can actually deal with it instead of just mm -hmm. rushing to the nearest, you know, Ben and Jerry's or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's a much more balanced approach. And I think that the, the real key here, and I've got, I've got this idea, I've gotten this idea from Mark Manson. He just wrote a fantastic yeah. article on, on self-awareness. It's called The Three Levels of Self-Awareness. Let's dive into it. We'll drop it on the description afterward. But he has a really good quote here that I'd like to, Go for to say. The goal here is the elimination of compulsion. But to eliminate compulsion, you must first become aware of compulsion. So what we're trying to do here is, like, like, like I said, it's not to eliminate distraction, at least in my view. It's to eliminate that compulsive feeling that you have something else. For example, I know several people that, like, whenever, like I, I have a friend. When she doesn't have her phone near her or when like the battery dies out, there is visible anxiety mm -hmm. in her. It's like she's having a panic attack because she's so connected to that phone. It's like a, it's like, imagine if it's like a, a member, it's like a, 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 another body part, like a bionicle thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it is real. Like, like you, you can, everyone around can visibly see that she, she gets different when she doesn't have a, her phone. So, of course, the goal for her shouldn't be just to never use her phone again. We live in a world where, where not using your phone is kind of, absurd like it's kind of a, a really hard thing to do for forever so yeah the goal here should really just eliminate that feeling of compulsion of having to be on your yep. phone every five minutes of having to eat that hamburger whenever you see it the the goal here is always to be in check like we're not advocating like never eat ice cream again we know like in real life you have you have birthday parties you have stuff happening and you don't want to be always the, that boring guy just saying no i won't do that but you do want to be the guy that is aware of when he's doing that. Yeah, exactly. And, and you want to control that. that. Exception. Because yeah. yeah, you want to always be in control. Or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe when you lose control, you want to be in control of that. You know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe you want to get drunk one day, but you chose that. It's not because like, I went to the bar and there were shots, boom, yeah, I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah you no. plan it. You make specific times for it and then you uphold them. And, you know, I, I feel like for most people, you know, not the people who are in self-development, but listening to this the first time, you'd get the thought of like, oh, but life would be so boring. Everything is planned. And I would say the exact opposite. And, you know, I, we're deviating from self-awareness again, but Discipline whatever. equals freedom. But it is that because to, to have the freedom to get what you want, you kind of need to give up some things. And you have to build that. Thing. And most of the time, those things, you know, they're shit. Instagram. Yeah, fuck you. I don't need to, you know, scroll through <laughs> yeah. endless pics of Instagram. Uh, food that is not good for you. Good between quotes, but food, that, you know, uh, McDonald's Big Mac is not good for you. Let's, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Giving up those things because, you know, not to be very cheesy here, but if you imagine yourself, you know, when you're 80 years old, 100, 200, I don't know what's going to happen, about to die. You're not going to wish, like, fuck, I wish I had eaten one more Big Mac. No, most likely you're going to wish, like, fuck, I wish maybe I, I'd worked a bit harder in my company. Maybe I wish I would spend more time with my family. I wish I'd said the things that I, I didn't have the courage to say. And all those decisions take discipline to give up more instantaneous pleasures. You know, oh, I'm not going to scroll Instagram so I can spend one more hour building my company. Because that hour, over 10 years, it's like, what? 3,650 hours or whatever. Something yeah, like that. A lot. a lot of time. It's a lot of time. and But all that starts with self-awareness. Being aware. Because if you're never aware, then no, nothing's going to change. Everything's just yeah. going to keep, you know, you're on the tracks, the tracks never change. But if you're aware that you're, you know, 
following that path, then you can, you know, shift the, the wheel a bit to the left and then make a new path. Actually, I think that's a good analogy for, for what self-awareness is. So imagining we are the car and our, the path we are choosing is the road we're going. I'd say that, that self-awareness is kind of the GPS. It's kind of the thing that allows you to, to decide what is the path you want to take. Because there are, Mark Manson also talks about, about this in, in, in his book, The, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I think he it, is the main example, he's the main person who introduced me into the self-awareness topic. So I, I will be talking about him a lot in this podcast. But he, he talks about it like, there are people that they are always optimistic. There are those people that are always positive. They, no matter what happens in their life, they're positive. And the, the reality about that is that you, you can't also have that. Because that's where self-awareness comes in. You can be a piece of shit and feel happy about it, but that's not what you want. Yeah. You, you want to be aware, like, like, if you're a psychopath, like, you may feel good about certain things. This is obviously an extreme case, but self-awareness is what allows you to, to decide that this isn't the correct thing to do. So I shouldn't feel good about this, because there are things that feel good, like getting drunk feels good, eating good food feels good, and so you can't go by feeling. You, you can also decide to be happy about those things, but yeah. and, and there are certainly people that do. Like, you see the, the, the fat acceptance movement and all of that. <laughs> yeah. And we don't want to get too controversial. Let's not get political. Yeah. yeah but, the, but it's true. Like, if you don't have the, a, a base guideline for, for, from where you orient yourself, which I'd say is self-awareness, you can't really decide what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right in life. So I'd say it's, it's like a, one of those meta qualities that you, you must have if you are trying to improve your life because it was, it's what allows you to see what's wrong with your life and what's good with your life and then capitalize on what's good and try to eliminate the bad things. Yeah, and especially like you were saying, the feeling thing. Yeah, you can't, you can't really go by what feels good because like you said, it's, it would be, you know, we live in a, a shitty society. If, people, if there wouldn't be people throughout history that, didn't, that gave up their you know, sense of pleasure at the moment to do something much greater in themselves. You know, let's say people who died in wars fighting for what they believed in. You know, even, for example, Steve Jobs and everyone working at Apple that at the beginning working from the time they woke up to the time they went to sleep because they wanted to build something not only for themselves but for others. But they had to be aware of that. They, You know, I'm not going to go to as much parties. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to go eat at McDonald's. I'm not going to do any of those things. Maybe I'll do them occasionally, but I'm aware of why I'm doing them. Because, you know, for me and I think you and everyone listening, we've all tried to start new things at times that, you know, they just faded out and we kind of gave up without knowing why. You know, maybe I'll start this Instagram page. Oh, it kind of died. I don't know why. Because you were not aware of why you wanted it, why you were starting it, why we were doing it. And, you know, it's, I feel like for, you know, if I hadn't been lucky at one point and found a book by Tony Robbins and went into this self-development path, it's very easy to, you know, to not get into contact with who you are, where you are, and how to change that. And so for people, you know, if you're just listening to this and you're, you're not just coming to contact with this, the, the main thing I would say is don't rush anything. Just, you know, take your time with things. Not, don't use that as an excuse, of course. Don't, don't not do it just to go to Instagram again. And then, you know, really audit yourself, like, you can start easy. Just uh, what don't I feel good about right now? You know, write a list. Maybe I, I don't like my body. I don't like uh, my social skills. I don't like my financial situation. Whatever. Write them down. Now you're aware. 
And then the next step to self-awareness is actually fixing those things or finding a solution, finding a way to, you know, turn it around, which we're going to talk about in the next podcast. So stay tuned, baby. <laughs> and uh, I think it's also important when we're talking about this kind of personalities, like the go-getters, people that really are willing to, do, to go all out, like the, the go harder, go home mentality, beast mode every day. I'd say these are, these are the people that most need these messages, not rushing things. And also, these are the people that maybe when they actually go through mindfulness practices, when they increase their self-awareness, these are the people that are going to real, feel really shitty about themselves because it's inevitable. When, yeah. you, when you go from distracting yourself every day, from actually being self-aware, it's not comfortable because you have to now deal with all of the problems that you have been distracting yourself from yep. for years. Yep. So it's kind of like, like the, if you ever tried meditating, you know that the first time it's really uncomfortable because you're like, oh, I'm, I have all of these thoughts and problems that I didn't, I wasn't even aware I, I had. Yep. And so it's very, so I, I also want to talk about this because I think it's very easy for people to go on this self-awareness path and then just like go come out of it saying man, man i'm a piece of shit i've been doing things wrong for so long and i don't think that's the 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 right view or the, the most sustainable view to approach things you, you you of course you need a certain degree of of inspiration to change your life but i, th I don't think that should ever come from self-hate which is what what you see happening with a lot of these yeah. these types of people and it's actually what happened to me at the beginning. I was like, I was really frustrated and angry about all of this time I had wasted doing nothing. So I was like, I got to change because I'm a piece of shit right now. And guess what? I did change. Like I improved some things, but along the way I developed some other problems, mental, emotional problems. I, I, I got really angry constantly. And yeah. So, because then you rely yeah. on that to, you know, to keep pushing you yeah, forward. Yeah. You, it's like, it's, it's kind a of downward like, spiral. It's kind of like not clean f fuel. If you were to compare clean fuel and like shitty fuel this would be the shitty fuel that you use yeah. to fuel yourself anger sadness depression all those uncomfortable feelings but you really want to be motivated like as cliche and lame as it sounds by self-love by by self-value you want to value yourself yeah you want to do good things for yourself because you value who you are yeah and just to, and that's just the to add a little note uh i feel like some days you know when you feel shitty it's okay to you know go into the the hate pool a bit just to get yeah, things don't started. Rely on yeah, but don't yeah. like you said, don't make it all all about that. I think yeah, there's a good quote. I think it's been very used at this moment at this point, but it's it kind of summarizes everything. It's uh, pain will usually be your first teacher. Don't let it be your last. Which is kind of you know we all get into this self development journey by you know pain. It's, it's there's I would say pretty much no one yeah. has ever was super happy about their life, huh? I kind of just want to get better. Let me read this Tony Robbins <laughs> book. No, it's like, oh my God. Uh, oh, yeah. The power, no, that's not the power of now, but like waking the giant within, eh, kind of need some change. And then boom, your mind is yeah. kind of awakened. It's kind of like that. But, you know, and if you, you know, you look at any person that's very successful throughout the years, it's going to take Tony Robbins right here. Yeah, at the beginning, he was probably feeling a lot of pain. He had a lot of personal problems, family problems, whatever. But now it's not about that. It's about... I'm already good, I'm happy, I'm sufficient. How do I become even better? It's from that point, like you were saying. And it's crucial. And and also another, I don't know the full quote, but it's like this. You know, if you feel like you've been wasting your life and, you know, oh, I wasted so many time, so many years, what am I going to do now? Don't think about it like that. I would say like in poker, you know, let's say you put five chips into the pot. 
you know, if you lose them, it's okay. You still have some. You still have the others, the other chips to play with. Don't think of those chips or years or time as yours. That's that's gone. You can't do anything about that. But you can still do something about the chips, quote unquote, the time that you still have. So make sure you use it. I don't use it, you know, being resentful about your previous you, like, oh, why didn't I do that before? Well, you can change that. So make, you know, make the best that you can of the time that you still have left. And also part of not resenting that is actually realizing that all of everything that you did up to this point got you here. So if you're just starting on your self-development journey yeah, or whatever, if you just got into that moment where you're, you decided you want to change your life, all of those shitty things you did, not to excuse them, but they got you to where you are right now. They got you to the point where you said, it's enough. The pain, it's like that famous saying, the pain of of going on is bigger than the pain of changing. So you finally decided to do it. But so, but that pain, all of that pain that you caused yourself, it served a purpose. It got you to this point where you are now trying to be better for yourself. And of course, you shouldn't use this as an excuse to do bad things in in the present time. Yeah. But it's uh, I think it's a, a balanced way of looking at, at your past, at all of your mistakes, to, to not resent them, which is kind of a, a thing I'd, I'd say people struggle a lot with. And I'd say also the bottom line out of all of this, because self-awareness is a thing, it's something that you, it's a long-term thing, like all things in life. It's something that you should be expecting to be doing for the rest of your life. There shouldn't be that that idea that you will be enlightened one day and things will just... Yeah, like one day it clicks and... Yeah, yeah. like you were you were talking about Tony Robbins, like, yeah, at the beginning he started feeling like shit, he, his life was crappy, and now he feels good, but I guess what, like, he still feels bad sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's a god that just <laughs> yeah. transcended bad feelings. No, he just, he just has better problems right now and he probably feels sad less often than he did before, yeah. which is good. Yeah. That's where we want to be, but realize that it's always a it's a journey that will never end and so going back this is also a, a quote from the article i was saying about mark manson which is self-awareness is wasted if it does not result in self-acceptance and i think the 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 point of this the phrase he's saying right now is that self-awareness by itself won't make you happier or with more purpose yeah. or it won't really have anything to your life but it, it is the thing that allows you add things onto your life so from self-awareness you are able to do other things but you have to do other things if you are just aware of yourself and if you are a, a bad person right now or like if you are in a, bad, in a bad spot in your life just recognizing that and then not doing anything won't do nothing yeah exactly you just you just be aware of it i feel like which is the, the first step a good metaphor you have to do something i feel like a good metaphor for this would be imagine you're in a car self-awareness would be kind of just like putting the the brakes you know taking your foot off the brake so now you can put it on the speeding one but you're still gonna have to speed but now you're kind of you're not holding yourself back anymore you know you kind of realize like oh this is where i kind of need to sprint onto you know yeah like you said it's by itself like you know probably most things are not going to be very useful you know just yeah i'm self-aware that i don't feel good right now well now what if, if that ended there yeah then Use, not useless, but you know your life's not going to improve only from that. It's only when you you know you take accountability for yourself and that you decide to change things and also be you know self-aware. I feel like for me, being self-aware of that sometimes I was kind of excusing myself was a big one. Like, oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I'm aware of that, but uh, I deserve this. Whatever. When you notice yourself giving excuses for yourself, that's 
for me, that was one of the biggest ones because at the end of the day, results are derived from actions. If you don't do the actions required to get the results, guess what? You can, you know, be self-aware all you want, but it's not going to change. If you want to build a business, it's not by, you know, meditating on it. It's not by being aware that you don't have one yet. It's by, you know, being aware that there's actions to take to, you know, to do that thing and then go and take them. It's not an excuse for you to sit down feeling pity for yourself. It's kind of the, the foundation before the foundation, I'd say. Yeah. Self-awareness is like the thing from where everything else will, will grow from. I, I still say the foundation are still actions because they were what give you the expertise and knowledge in real life. But before that, that foundation, there is still like a metaphysical foundation to call it. Yeah. And I'd say that's self-awareness because for, for, you, for you to change an habit or anything, anything in your life, you must first be aware of it. And I think this is where the, this quote that I was talking about, that self-awareness is nothing but self-acceptance comes from. If you do not accept where you are right now in life, I, I, I say with 99% certainty, you won't get better from where you are right now. Yeah. And I'd say this is because, and this is a problem I also started with, with, with from a lot of time, which is for when we see people just trying to make a change in their life and they're just like, I will go all out right now. <laughs> yeah. I will try to change everything at the same time. I think this is because it's kind of an ego-driven thing because you don't want to accept that you are who you are right now because of what you did. Yeah. You yeah. like, and that's what you're saying when you when you're saying that it's like, oh, okay, I got to this point, but it's just just because like it happened. Yeah, it's like else. circumstances. Life put me here. Yeah. So now I can just change it everything like it, it, all of a sudden because that wasn't me. That was just some someone else or life afflicting his problems on me but no the thing is you've gotten you got to where you are because of what you did and you are now that person whatever you are doing if you're spending three hours a day watching netflix you got up to that point you build yourself to that yeah and that's a difficult thing to accept but you must accept that in order to change because guess, guess what if you if you think you can just be like tony robbins and <laughs> just out of a sudden be this completely successful guy no problem with public speaking, amazing relationships, amazing life, amazing job, amazing financial situation, whatever. It won't happen because you did. You didn't. You don't have the foundation to be that person. Yeah. You right now have the foundation to be the guy that watches Netflix for three hours a day. So now you have to chip away at that foundation piece by piece until you get yeah. to a point where you want to be. And not to give kind of like a, the other side because we're talking a lot about you know very successful people which requires a lot of work. And, you know, those people are okay with putting all that work. But for you, it's defining what that success looks like. I feel like this is one of the most important things. I was actually listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast. I don't remember the guest name, but he was saying, for example, take Richard Branson, you know, the Virgin company, Virgin Airlines, Virgin, you know, everything pretty much. You know, you'd look at him and you're like, yeah, he's successful. But what if his definition of success was, I just want a tranquil life with a garden. That's all I do. All day. That's my definition of success. But then he couldn't stop creating businesses almost by impulse. Then he wouldn't be a success to himself. And if you were the same, then you also wouldn't be a success. Success, quote unquote, is it's going to vary from person to person. And sometimes it's going to chip away at the ego because maybe the ego wants the big company, all that. But you know that deep down, that wouldn't make you happy. And you would be happier, you know, having a nine to five, then coming home to your children and doing that. And maybe, you know, coaching their little league team and whatever. So a lot of it too is, you know, chipping away at the ego, kind of putting it aside for a second, being like, 
whew, well, maybe that's what I want. I'll just give a personal example. For example, for me, in the professional sense, is to, to work for myself. I can't work for another person, which, you know, has its benefits and its disadvantages. But that's it. And recently, I've been presented with opportunities to, you know, work for another person. In theory, it would also even be easier than what I'm doing right now. And, you know, it would feel like my life would blow up, you know, a big step from what it is right now. But I've already recognized that through a lot of failure, through a lot of making this mistake, now realizing that it is not for me. And I'd rather take the pain of building something for myself than, you know, taking the, you know, quote unquote, easy road right now and having everything solved for me. But that came to a lot of years of hating jobs, not knowing what the fuck I wanted to do, kind of being lost, like, what the fuck do I want then? I don't like this, I don't like that, what do I do? And that, but usually a lot of these changes come, and I know you're not going to like to hear this, but at the cost of pain. A lot of, not, maybe not physical, but every time, a lot of emotional pain. That's inevitable. Yeah, you need that. That pain, it's kind of, we, we, we talk about it a lot. And you, you hear a lot in this self-help space that like failure and pain in general is one of the biggest uh, factors in, in change. Most people, if you hear their stories, they, all, they always, most of them come from a, a, a place where they were in extreme pain or extreme, they just experienced extreme failure and then they, they got out of it. Yep. And, and I'd say that's the, that's the, the I, think, I think that's the right way of looking at it's failure and pain. You shouldn't be afraid of it, and you shouldn't resent it that you yeah. that you felt pain or that you failed. It was all a learning experience. It kind of sounds cliche and lame, but I think it's that's just the the truth of it. You don't want to look back on like we talked about about this already, but you don't want to look back on your years and be like resentful about them. You don't want to be just regretting everything yeah. that you did. Yeah. You maybe you didn't do the right things that you wanted to do, but you still that doesn't ma doesn't matter anymore. You are here in the present, and you can do those things now. So use that past mistakes as fuel, but don't use it. Don't use that fuel like we talked about it, coming from a place of resentment. Always try to do things out of uh, uh, out of the right intentions, yep. out of self love, self value, a, a greater purpose, trying to change the world, trying to better yourself, better the everyone around you and this comes back to your definition of, of success like you were saying like if your definition of, of success is having a good family and being a good father and you are being a rock star making seven million dollars uh, every month and you but you're, you don't have a family you're failing according to your yep. definition of success and that's where you that's where also where self-awareness comes in you have to you have to sit down with yourself and ask those questions who would I want to be what values do I have? Who am I? Where do I want to be in the future? What is my purpose? All those seemingly impossible questions to answer, they are the, the ones that should be on your mind daily. You should have practices to answer them daily because if not, you'll just be, you'll just take, take up the, the, the definitions of success of society. And I'd say those aren't the most balanced views of success yeah. if you see Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I'd say most people think successful people are act like actors. Most people consider them successful people. Guess what? They're also the ones with the one of the biggest uh, um, suicide rates inside the Hollywood world, like biggest drug addictions. Yeah. So if you go by what society tells you that you, success is, I venture to say that you won't be very a very fulfilled person. So 
decide what 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 success really is to you. Recognize that it comes from a, a long and boring process of asking questions, doing things, failing at them, learning a bit from them, and just then repeating the questions and trying other things until you eventually you won't never. I, I don't think you'll ever find something that will be just like the the end of it, the end of the, the line. Yeah, okay, there's no end. My purpose. It will always be shifting and changing, but you will get closer to it, and you will you will derive some value out of the things you do. If you are doing something that's improving the world, improving yourself, I'd say you most likely will feel happy, even if it's not your ultimate purpose, yeah. which I don't think even exists. But and uh, with that being said, yeah. I want to get into some you know actual practical things anyone who's listening can do to you know yeah, so be more self-aware and go, yeah go ahead yeah. before we go into the the practical things which, which is obviously what we we all want and need i'd say i'd like to say again to just re really say to people that maybe we'll we'll just get into we'll maybe if someone like gets into self-awareness after hearing this i want you to, to really know that this is actually a really good quote by by plato it is that evil is rooted in, in ignorance. So don't see... Like, if you have been doing bad things or, and wrong things for the entirety of your life, recognize that it isn't because you're a bad human being. Because it's not like you're an evil villain that just wants to do bad things. No one wants to do bad things. People do them because they're ignorant. They don't know they are doing them. So recognize that what you, what you have been doing, you have been doing because you were ignorant, not because you were an evil person. Yeah. And then from there, you can move on with a i think a clearer view and now we can get on to the yeah absolutely the good stuff and uh for me you know getting to the practical stuff first one you know absolutely recommended a must meditation you know you can start if you've never done you can start five minutes a day ten minutes going up to you know as much as you'd like and to start i'm just gonna say if you you were just you never done it you were to sit down right now and be like i'm gonna meditate for five minutes it's gonna be horrible because <laughs> You know, you, your thoughts are going to exploding all around your head, bouncing around. You can be like, oh, I hate this. I'm just thinking all the time. So if you're just starting, you've never done it, I'd recommend a meditation app. It can be Headspace, Calm, um, the Sam Harris one. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. You know, anyone will do to start. We're not sponsored, so who gives a shit? So, <laughs> so any, any of them will do. And what you'll notice is it's going to be very painful at the beginning. You're going to just want to get up and, you know, Get things done, baby. I want money. But this is one of those situations where you're going to see the results after a while. Maybe after one month, two months. And it's going to be yeah. slow results. You're going to start becoming aware of the results. Like, oh, I do feel more calm today. I'm not as anxious. Kind of, I'm thinking better. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be hard at the beginning because you're not going to see any results. It's boring as fuck. You're just sitting down you know, being aware of what's happening. But for me, like, it's probably the thing that, you know, number one, started all these changes. And to this day, you know, after been doing it for, I don't know, what, two years or something, the, the results, the effects are still, you know, mind-blowing. So for me, yeah. number one, meditation. Yeah, it just keeps on giving. I'd say for me, number two, if I had to say anything, would be journaling. Okay. Just having a, a consistent consistent journal journaling practice. And I think the key word... With all of these things we are saying is consistency. With meditation, you won't you won't see results if you're consistent. With journaling, also you have to be consistent with it. Maybe just do, like, and by journaling I mean like 
you can either do there are several ways of doing it but I, I would suggest having a like a, a set of questions you ask yourself every day so this can be simple questions for all ranging from how what would make my day good today or, or if you're doing this at the end of the day what's what, what, what went wrong with my day? What could I have done better? These simple questions that allow you to, to pause a bit and reflect on, on the day. I, I say this is a good practice, a good daily practice, because, for example, if you're doing this at the end of the day, it allows you to really reflect on everything you did during the day. And most times, we just go to bed and we don't even think about the things we did on, on that particular day. And I think that's a, a really a missed opportunity. We, we, are, we are missing an opportunity to to improve our self-awareness of, of ourselves and all, all of the things we're doing bad and the things we're doing good. And what you will recognize, what you will identify if you start doing a, a journaling practice is that you will, you will start to understand the things that make you better and that make you worse. So for example, I've been, doing, I've been, doing, I've been consistent with journaling for about a month now and I can, I, I can look back on it and really identify. There's a, a clear pattern of some days where I feel worse what 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 happened those days? I can clearly identify two things. So social media, I spent more than two hours in social media and YouTube, and maybe I I I, I sit I sit too much. That's also a thing I identified. If I'm sitting too much, my day will go worse. That's two things that I have identified with one month. And guess what? If I change those things, my days will be like fifty percent better at least, and that's a huge improvement by doing such a simple practice so i'd say that's my number two yeah actually it's in, i've never no i've done it but it was so boring at the time i like a long yeah, time also, I could, all of this is boring because I, <laughs> I probably did it not the best way so I, I saw no results i was like ah fuck it but no that's interesting yeah because no nothing to my experience of life i've you know i'm not aware at the end of the day you know i keep a list of things to do but i don't go over the list again like oh i did all these things where can i improve yeah. i'm like oh whatever next day let's go so yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to keep yeah, in mind. And, and you can identify patterns. I think that's the yeah. best thing about it. Because you can, in the course of a month, you can identify, like, what's the days. If you, like, if you rate your days, uh, like, 1 to 10, mm -hmm. which is also a good thing, and you then go to see all of the negative days, so less than 5, there is always an habit or something you are doing that's consistent throughout those days. And once you figure that out, take it out from your life, boom, instant progress. Yep. Now, uh, going over to number 3. For me, it is oddly specific, but I would say read the power of now. It's not an habit, just that. <laughs> and, you know, but I, I've noticed myself going over the book sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling less present or I'm my habits are not as consistent, I go over the book. And especially for me, this was mind blowing. When I first read it, I think it was the first time where I was actually conscious of the thoughts I was having. And I kind of took a third person perspective of them because the way he writes, it just you know, makes you be in your body, makes you kind of identify the mind, yeah, identify those thoughts. And really, for me, it was kind of one of those breakthrough moments. I was like, holy shit, this is... Yeah. And you'll see kind of... And mix, mixing that with meditation, in my case, that's when you really start to see. Because then the feeling you get from the book, you start getting more and more in your meditation. So for me, just read The Power of Now. Let's go. Get I'd it. say I, I have... So number four for me. I'd say I have that same thing with, with another book called Radical Acceptance. Okay, yeah. And for me, it was the same thing as you. It was the first time I... No, it wasn't the first time because I did, I did meditation actually before that. But my meditation, was <laughs> like all, everything I did in my life, was oriented towards productivity. So I just wanted to be more productive. So my meditation was really like ways... Like 
even I, I was using Yetspace and that, hmm. that was actually a productivity meditation. So I was like, oh yeah, that, that's for me. That's all I need. I need to be more productive. So I kind of did it, but it wasn't that kind of touchy-feely meditation where you really get in touch with your feelings, which I think, which, and looking back on it, it was the thing that most repulsed me, hmm. but it was the thing I needed more. Yeah. And that's what this, that book did for me. Radical Acceptance, it talks all about recognizing your feelings and accepting that they are there. So not being content with your feelings, but accepting them. So if you're feeling angry, feel angry. Just notice that you are angry and experience anger. Don't, don't be angry, but experience anger. Experience sadness. Experience loneliness. Experience all of, of those things. And by reading this book, I just it was such a relief. It, it's, it's like it was the first time I felt that expression of a huge weight taken off my back. Because... It really was like there was so much mental and emotional stress going on inside of me that I, I didn't even recognize that once I read that book and I implemented some of the meditations that uh, the, the author suggested, I was like, whoa, this is like a superpower because for I remember for three days, I felt absolutely perfect. I felt so tranquil and everything was just perfect. It's like, I think it's the the, the equivalent of like, being enlightened for three <laughs> days, I don't know, it was just like a, an amazing and an amazing weekend and that just, of course, then that ended because real life sets in, but I still got, I still to this day, I get the benefits of whenever I'm feeling angry, lonely, sad, whatever those, those hard feelings are, I can just sit down and be like, yeah, I'm feeling this, there is no problem with feeling this. Yeah. And then they just get better all of a sudden. It's like Mark Masson also talks about this, it's like the... If you if you don't recognize them, you just get into that to that kind of loop, that self deprecating depre yeah. deprecating where you loop, feel bad loop. about so feeling bad. And yeah, you feel bad about out. feeling bad. You feel angry about feeling angry. You feel sad about feeling yeah. sad. And that's where most people are. That's what I was before reading this book. So that's that's my number four. Read that book. It's going to be boring, but it's going to be boring. yeah, absolutely. For me, also talking about the book, yeah, it's it was mind blowing because you never you know want to accept those things as oh it's okay because for me, at least, I always expected to be a time in my life where, and this was subconscious, where I wouldn't yeah, feel same. those things. It's like, yes, when I achieve all this, then I'm not going to ever feel sad again. I'm not ever going to feel anxious again. Yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> and, you know, I think to finish off the list and a, a good number five, I would yeah. say um, do something that it makes you anxious or scared. Not, oh, don't do it every day. I don't think every day that's very healthy because you're going to be, stressed every day but you know maybe once a month or once a week do something that makes you very anxious or nervous this can be you know public speaking this can be uh, starting an activity that makes you terrified do something because what i noticed for me it's also it makes you much better at dealing with those anxious feelings those scared feelings and also makes those feelings not appear as much so for example if you have social anxiety you know you're anxious about talking with other people if you were to somehow manage to be on stage and talk to a thousand people, then at least for the next week, you wouldn't feel social anxiety anymore. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. You've, you've experienced the real deal. Yeah, exactly. you've experienced more. And I'm not saying advocating that you need to do that. But, I'm, but if you, you're capable of, capable of that, of pushing more than you think would be possible, do it. And the easiest way to do this is give money to a friend. He can only give you back if you do that thing. And make it an amount that's very substantial to you. Maybe that's a hundred bucks. Maybe that's a thousand bucks. Maybe that's ten thousand. But let's say mm -hmm. you're scared to, you know, give a public public speech. If you give 
your friend $2,000 and you can only give them back if you give the public talk, you're going to give it. You're going to be very scared, but you don't want to lose that money. So that, I think, tops off the list. Okay. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a, a good last number. I just want to say, make sure that's a, a good friend because you don't want to get yeah, scammed. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. $2,000. Yeah, we're not, we don't take and responsibility for any money you may yeah, lose. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. The legal yeah. And if, but even, even with that, if you can't do that, if that sounds like a, a huge, a too, too much of a huge step for you, just start slow. If you have social anxiety and if you're afraid of talking with new people, just make a commitment of like, I, I once saw it, I don't, I think it was Mark Manson, but just like, just say hi to a stranger or even like more simple than that because sometimes saying hi can feel like something like, oh, I don't know, but why would I say hi to them? That's so strange. Like, ask for the time or something. Pretend, I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, pretend you don't have a watch or anything. It's just like, okay, oh, tell me the time. Yeah. Boom. That's it. That's simple. That for for some people, that would cause that would be like a huge progress because you're talking to a stranger. That's something you you don't want to do. That's nervous. Yep. That makes you nervous. That makes you anxious. And you can do that without any fear of being rejected because people almost always give you the time. Yep. So, absolutely. Small steps. And over with time, that, I think we success. can finish this podcast. You know, we also yeah. want to condense it too much. Because it's a simple topic, but also not that simple. So that sums up the podcast. Uh, we talked about the power of now. We already did a podcast on that book, which you can go ahead and check. I don't know the number right now, but we don't have that many, so you can find it pretty easily. And yeah, we go over that book in depth. Next week, we're going to go over the book Atomic Habits, which I must say, I'm only 16% into the book, but it's absolutely amazing. And it gives you an insight on why you do what you do. So... Stay tuned for that. With that being said, you can follow us on Instagram at Paths of Meaning. That's P-A-T-H-S of Meaning. And it has been a pleasure talking to you. Until next time. Bye-bye.